Bob and Brad, the two most famous physical therapists on the internet. Hi, I'm Brad Hynek, physical therapist. I'm Chris, the pharmacist. And together, we are the most famous Bob and Brad duel to become healthy, fit, and pain-free. In our opinion, of course. Today's title of this video is Opioid Pain Meds. How they stop pain, why they're so addictive, and we're going to get into recovery as well. Uh, this is going to be made easy to understand. Chris is going to explain this to us in a technical way, but he's going to also back off on that and show us in a good way that the layperson can understand this. Uh, so, opioids. Man, we've... No matter what you hear a lot about opioids, as a therapist, you know, we use them for pain meds, yep. uh, but, and they're used widely, but they got this big problem of opioid crisis, which means, well, we're going to get into that, but it's a problem, and it's a big problem, uh, and we need to know how to use these, uh, or understand these, so that we're not afraid of them, yep. but we respect them and use them well, and doctors are very well aware of this. So how do opioids, first of all, opioids, what are we talking about? What are the, what are the common names sure. that we hear? Well, there's a whole bunch of them that can be used. I mean, the most common ones, they're probably going to be oxycodone. Yep. Uh, then we're going to use hydrocodone with acetaminophen. Uh, you can use oxycodone with acetaminophen. You can use fentanyl patches, and there's actually sublingual lozenges. There's a lot of different things. Um, most commonly, those are the ones you're going to use the most. But you can use morphine. Morphine is really common. That's used. an opioid. Opioid as well. So, so yeah, it's these... kind of the grandfather one, soldier's drug. So sure. it's, it's the first one that sure. really came out. So all of these Civil War. opioid drugs fall into this opioid category, and they have these names, which are very common. I know the oxycontin, oxycodone, uh, very common with total knee replacements yep. in the past. Very necessary. Right, exactly. Uh, so as far as the names, why, why do these work? How do they work? As far as can you explain it yeah, in, a, in a layperson's way? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I mean, you have receptors that go through your brain, your spinal cord, and even your gut. And there's actually, you know, within those receptors, there's a breakdown of those. So receptors, we're talking about the nervous yeah. system. Yeah, it's just kind of like a little puzzle piece. So you got pain reliever, yep. receptor. It locks in like a puzzle piece. And the most important, there's pretty much three receptors that are widely studied. Um, and the mu is the one where it's at. That's the one that has most of the pain relieving properties. And then you have lesser ones that you would call... Delta and also Kappa receptors. Yeah, that's getting kind of. It gets a little so technical. So the puzzle thing we're talking about these yeah. things come together and that tells gives pain to yep. our brain. Yeah. So as soon as you take the medication, goes into your gut, gets into your blood system, in about fifteen to thirty minutes, you're going to start to get analgesia, which is pain relief, and you still have that pain. So let's say you broke your wrist, it still hurts like crazy. You just don't care about it. That's what pain relievers do. So you mean all our opioids? Yep, any opioid. Yeah, and I guess, yeah, we'll use opioids and pain relievers synonymously okay, for this. Sure. Just to keep it as simple as possible. Yep. But the problem with opioids and where we have the crisis is pills can lead to addiction and can lead to see seeking some of the street yep. drugs like heroin. Let's back up. So I got to, let's go to knee replacement because sure. they're very common in my world. Sure. Uh, they got, you're on opioids. It hurts like crazy. You got to range it out. It hurts. But if you don't get it moving, it's going to contract and scar tissue is going to be a problem. But so we have this connection of the puzzles come together so that the pain goes from the knee to the brain, gets pain. The opioids. Blunt that effect. Blunt that effect. Yep. 
So that's all good. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to take those. We're going to get good therapy. We're going to be walking again. So where does the problem come from this less pain or pain you don't care about into a problem, a problem, a crisis where you're addicted to it? Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny when you talk about that, because especially like if you take a, a total knee, that type of therapy is going to take time to go from A to B. I mean, how, how often do you see well, your patients? Typically a, a four-week regimen. It can go, you know, less than that. It can easily go more than that, but we use four to five weeks, whatever. Yeah, and so the newer studies, you know, it's, it's very interesting. We had maximal prescribing of opioids that kind of hit the peak in 2012. And we see a very dramatic decrease uh, to where we are today. Overall use. Overall prescribing of these opioid painkillers. Sure. And so it's been fascinating. They're harder to come by. You don't see the forgeries. You don't see the seeking behaviors as you do. So to treat your patients, what doctors are doing now is very, there's the number three and the number five are very important numbers. So a lot of surgeries, when you get, doctors are only prescribing, these are kind of FDA guidelines. You get three days of narcotic pain reliever, and then the doctor will review you and see what they need to do next. Because it seems like going up to five days, there's a lot more continuation of the use of those opioid pain medications. So it's interesting when you have somebody that's on a total knee. I mean, you want to transition from using something like hydrocodone or oxycodone for pain relief to getting over to like Tylenol and something like ibuprofen more rapidly if you can. But, well, let's back. Let's back. So where's the problem? Why do people get addicted and, and why are people dying from it? How do they go from the the prescription medical use for it to this crisis of opioid addiction. Yeah. So where does that happen? So remember when we were talking about that puzzle piece? Yep. There's one main puzzle piece, that one where I said that weird word moo, kind of like a cow. Well, it hits that. Not only does it give you the analgesia, but it also gives you a euphoric response. So, and not everybody's going to be... So you get a buzz. You get a buzz. Yeah. And so, and it basically, and when you're in pain, you don't notice this. And actually 97% of patients don't have a problem. It's that 3% that can create, you know, that, that's where they can get hooked. Would that be like a, an addictive personality? Yeah, that... and there's a lot of factors. I mean, are you in a transitional stage in your life? Uh, the younger you are to start pain medications, uh, there is there family history, genetics. Sure. So there's a lot of things that build into addiction science that make it very, very challenging. So, I mean, for the scope of what we're talking about is what can we do to keep ourselves safe? And it's, it's using them as prescribed by your doctor, what your pharmacist yep. recommended you take it as, and using it for the shortest possible period that you can. So if you're on opioids for more than a month, is that kind of a general, that would be pushing the, the That's limit. pushing the envelope. I mean, we want to try and, you get up to using opioids regularly for a month, you're going to have to walk down because otherwise you're going to go through withdrawal. At that point, you are at least physically addicted on the medication. So I Even mean, the prescription. Yeah, right? even the prescription. So if you're taking, we'll just, I'm going to pick on hydrocodone with acetaminophen. You're taking, you know, one tablet, four times a day, yep. every six hours. If you do that for four weeks and all of a sudden we just say, Brad, I'm not going to give you any more medication. Yeah. It's going to be a bad day. So just I'll, one day or is that going to take a while? Well, it takes about a week to flush out of your system. So, uh, I mean, so that's, so if we taper you off, so if we go from four down to three tablets a day for a week, and then maybe two tablets a day for a week, and then finally one tablet a day and off that exit is very clean. And so, but it takes, so if you do that, then you're probably not going to feel addicted. You're not going nope. to want it anymore. No, no. Unless maybe you're in that 3%. Yeah. And okay. then there's other stats that we can throw at too that make it even more confusing. But, uh, I mean, for the for the most part, it's 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 that 3%. So as long as you follow, and you said now that, and I, I've, I've heard this too from doctors as well as patients, uh, they're 
less likely to prescribe opioids and it's governed or yep. m- monitored, regulated. Yep. yep. And my, is this worldwide or is this just in the United States? Well, in the United States. And I mean, it's kind of funny when you start looking at the stats, but right now in the United States, we use a thing called the PDMP, which is a, it's a website that helps us the prescription monitoring drug program. And sure. so when we get an opioid that comes in, we go, we have to log on and look at that and then see what the prescribing history has been and the usage history has been. Of that person. Of that drug. And actually, sure. prior to that, the doctor does the exact same thing. So our stories will match each other. So the doctor, before he can even prescribe it, and a lot of systems now um, around in our local health care area, they have to log on, look at the PDMP, and then they can actually select okay. the drug. But if they don't do that step, I believe the systems will not allow them to write for it anymore. So it's just a, a system to... to it's a safety real- check. Right. Yep, just right. to make sure they're using it appropriately. Because, I mean, there are cases cancer, uh, arthritis. I mean, you're going to have people that may take these things forever. So it's, it's, it's tough. And so as long as they're used the way the doctor intends it to, it's not going to be a problem. Right. But if, when you use these long-term, you're physically addicted to the medication, but it's not so much like a drug-seeking behavior. You just, if we remove it from you, you're going to have withdrawal. So that's what I mean by addiction in that particular instance. Sure. Because there are also psychological addictions as well, where you just, the only way you're going to feel comfortable is if you're using the drug. So it gets very confusing. So where does the crisis come involved? If people are just using it with their doctor, these things get out of the system through their... High school kid, isn't there some stats on yep. getting into the medicine cabinet and taking it because these pain meds were good? Yeah, they do, and, they, and that's where the rush comes from, and that's, that's what people all want. So when you finally go from using the medication for medicinal uses, for recreational uses, that's when we start to see this opioid epidemic taking place. And, you know, it's a pretty easy problem to fall into. I mean, again, you know, there are reasons why addiction occurs. Did you have a genetic predisposition to it? Were there family problems? Were you, you know, did you have an alcoholic father or mother? Did you have you're in a transitional period in your life where you started a new school, you started a new job? Those things just all of a sudden you just want to try and escape and all of a sudden taking the medication, you just feel a little bit better about everything and you just don't care. Right. And that's part of the problem with it. And it's very easy to slip into that and it becomes a very, very ugly rabbit so, hole. Did you have some stats on who is getting addicted? Is it the patients? Is it it's, it's interesting. It's usually family members who get to it somehow. It can be anything. That's the thing. Like when you do the breakdown, I mean, it's like if you look at across the board, the younger you start and it's, uh, the longer you take pain medication and the younger you start are strong predictors if you're going to have a problem with opioids or even other substances in your life. So we want to be real careful with that. So we want to be real upfront with our doctors. Um, if there's a problem, you want to talk to your doctor. But when you look at some of the stats, high school, uh, one in 12 high school seniors has tried opioids now is it it could be heroin which is a street drug or it could be getting pills and when you look at the breakdown it's like how did you get the opioid and it usually it first comes from family members so mm-hmm. they check the medicine cabinet somebody said oh i'm done with these you can have them so basically you can get them from family members you can get them you know 35 percent get them from the doctor but like i said 53 percent get them from their now you Damn. said heroin, or so there's black market. There are black market opioids. I mean, that, that. So what are what are those opioids? Heroin and well, what? heroin is really kind of I think the main one. It's yeah. it's cheap, so that's the problem. You know, back in the '90s when I came out of college, we had a very different mindset for giving people pain relief. Uh, it was just dosed to the what they could tolerate. You mean. Side effect, yeah. There was, there's no ceiling with opioids. You can prescription wise. Prescription wise. Yeah. Well, we started reining things in after about 2012, and so, so prescriptions. There was, 
10, 20 years where there was a lot of was opioid a, prescription kind of high the wild, doses. Wild West. I mean, you. I mean, I I can tell some pretty crazy stories about the involvement with the DEA and and very particular uses for drug busts and on bad doctors and. So it's 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 crazy. Sure. I mean, what people people will go to no end to get what they want once they're addicted to these things. And so the problem with heroin these days is you start on the pills, doctor won't give you any more pills. Right. I need something. I've just got this void in my body. I you know I, I ignore my family. I ignore my job. I ignore my friends. I need to do something. Well, we find heroin. Heroin is cheap. And it's easy to use. You can snort it or you can inject it or you can smoke it. So and is it readily available in the street? Unfortunately, it is readily available. Sure. And it's very, very dangerous stuff. One in four gets addicted to it right out of the gates. And so, I mean, the, and why is it so addictive? Well, it goes back to that mu receptor again. It kind of creates this incredible, intense pleasure for about one to two minutes after you ingest it. However, whether it's in shooting, smoking, or snorting, and then after that two minutes of that rush, then you have about four or five hours of just generalized contentment. You just, you're kind of in a warm cocoon of happiness. Yep. And so, I mean, for a lot of people, that's very attractive. They just, you just don't care about anything else. You're just kind of comfortable. Sure. The problem goes is after about that four hours, then you're looking for your next Jones or your next fix mm -hmm. next time you're going to, and then eventually the addictive psychology takes over and you're just basically most people, you don't even get the high every, after that first high that you try on heroin specifically yep. or, or, you know, chopping up and shooting opioids of any sort, you never really get that initial high. Now you're chasing it. Now you're just trying to not feel like garbage, which is that withdrawal like, like the hangover. Yeah. So it's a vicious cycle. And so it's, it's one of those things you're always chasing that. And so and it affects the brain in such a way that when you go to rehab, they have to teach you how to think differently to break the cycle so you can make the healthy choices. So you're staying away from the people that can cause sure. you to fall into these patterns, sure. staying away from the situations that can cause it. So wow. it's, it's very complex and it's very sad. And so is there any stats on how many people maybe start from the, the medical field oh, of yeah. prescription and get into that illegal, the street yeah. drug? Yeah, I mean, you got 2 million people right now walking around in the United States alone that are in what they call opioid crisis. So basically at that point, they're, they're hooked on it. So whether it's pain medications or street drugs. And so that, that makes it really, really challenging to try and treat from that standpoint. Sure. But there's definitely avenues. You know, and the biggest thing is when you know you have a problem, you have to reach out to a doctor to get help. You know, a lot of times family members will try to break through and, and the addiction is just so strong that they don't care. It's tough stuff. So this is the kind of thing that can lead to death. Absolutely. And even just, you know, and that's part of the problem with some of the drugs that are available on the street. Heroin's cheap. Pills are expensive. I mean, you can get, you know, it's 30 to $80 for a prescription pill to be sold on the black market or, you know, you mean one, one, one tablet, one tablet that you could get from your doctor would go for 30 to $80 yeah. on the street. Yep. Exactly. Versus a illegal $10 bag of heroin. So, but, but I mean, you have and they're both going to give the similar, same, similar type of high. The advantage of the pills is you know what you're getting things like heroin. You don't know what you're getting. I mean, sure. they put other, they cut it with things. And one of the bigger dangers you have with drugs like heroin is the, and what we're seeing with the death rate rising so much. I mean, last year alone, uh, I, yeah, you know, 67,000 people died. 67,000 yeah. people. 130 people a day die from opioids and heroin. And most, both, both street and from... Yeah, they're kind of lumped together. Okay. But, and they actually have uh, some pretty 
the National Institute of Health has some really good graphs if you guys want to research it yourself. Um, but it, it shows quite eloquently the dangers of these drugs. But the big scary one right now are the synthetics. A lot of times, and sooner than lacrosse, they just had a big fentanyl bust down by Gunderson. They're cutting the heroin with fentanyl, which is an extremely potent, way more potent drug than heroin itself. And they mix it in with the heroin so people either melt it, shoot it, or snort it, or, or smoke it. And so from that standpoint... Wait, fentanyl is... Uh, where do you get that from? You get it from your doctor, but they're, they're, this is black market fentanyl. So who, okay. it's coming from drug dealers. And so it's a powder, um, and it, it has to be... An, you, know, you can't really eat it. That's why in prescription, you have a fentanyl patch or Dura-Jesus sure. patch. You wear it for three days. Great for cancer pain. Uh, you know, so it's something where it's a phenomenal painkiller, but when you mix it with something deadly like heroin, I mean, the death rates are even higher. It shows, and it's actually outdoing straight up heroin death rates now. Wow. So wow. It, it's scary stuff. So if you've got a family member or yourself, you know, you got this problem, you want help. Obvious, it sounds to me like to get through the withdrawal is something to do by yourself is extremely challenging. You're going to need correct? help. Yeah. And there's a lot of different ways. Some of them are a little bit controversial. I mean, you can get a doctor, a medicated assisted one can get you off of the drugs. You actually literally go to a hospital, they check you in, they give you special medications to help your body and they taper you down off the opioids sure. till you're clean. Yep. Um, and you're actually basically in a medically induced coma to get to that. So that's the most controversial one. Or they can do it. You know, you can try a cold turkey, but that's, you know, seven of the 14 days of hell. Yep. Uh, or you can get into a program. And so there's lots of programs that doctors can lead you to. And there's, there's, you can just look on the internet, just anywhere you want help for opioid addiction, and you will see multiple sites come up. Okay. And so basically, they want to keep you safe and healthy. Right. And a lot of those programs, are, they run, they're incredibly successful, but they have to place you on medications to help to get rid of that right. craving. Level. So things like Suboxone. So it's a drug that they use. It's a special film that they dissolve in their mouth. Sure. And so basically what it does, it's two drugs in one, and one blocks the receptor so that if you were accidentally broke down and tried to use something like heroin, it doesn't work. Oh. It doesn't work at all. Oh. And it gives, you know, and gives another one to basically just kind of take the edge off so that you can function and feel normal. Sure. So it's, it's amazing when you see a functional addict, I mean, they can take a hit of heroin and you look at them and they're talking, you wouldn't even know it. Wow. So it just wow. kind of, it's, it's weird, but then there's other ones that are all gorked out and, and left field. So, right. So I wasn't really aware of that myself, that it's strange. People can be function while they're on opioids mm -hmm. and you wouldn't know it. And it's a, it's, nope. I mean, it could this go on for days or years, years, years. People could be using this for years until they die. And as they're using this, is their body slowly or their brain, the decaying? brain, yeah, it causes brain damage. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where, it's one of these things more than anything else. Your, your brain just, you, you, all you want to do is seek that drug. And all you can do really is there not, nothing else exists other sure. than the drug. And you're just going for it. So when you get to a doctor and you finally get to treatment and crisis management of all these things, they're going to work with you psychologically yep. to try and teach you behavioral patterns yeah. to help you to become safe and healthy again. So do you recover? I mean, yeah. say your, your mind, it gets beat up through all this oh, yeah. use but like i always i'm thinking like your lungs after you smoke for 20 years they get beat up but after a few years when you quit smoking it does recover maybe not to 100 percent. but you yeah. get fairly, is it the same thing with this? yeah i think you could say i mean it's 
I, I think you maybe could, they don't know a hundred percent. You don't, yeah. I don't think you'll ever get back to a hundred percent of yourself, but right. you know, and you might have to have medical help with as far as prescriptions to yeah. try and help you. There can be chronic depression, there can be anxiety issues. So there's a lot of different things that have to be looked at. And it's a very complex medical condition that requires a doctor and almost regular check-ins and visits, sure. sometimes sure. even weekly. Sometimes I, there are doctors in some of these programs that see people every other day. But once you get, further and further yep. away and you've been yep. uh, completely free of using the, the drug, then you don't have to go to office often. It, exactly. I mean, it's, it's once we get to a point, you know, and you just, you stabilize on the medication and then the goal after you get to a good point, hopefully then we try and pull you off of some of these things and you just check in with counseling and you kind of keep working on reevaluating, you know, life choices. Sure. And keeping in mind, a lot of folks relapse and it's, it's something that you have to realize that, you know, they can succumb to it, but you know, they can't look at like a failure. It's just, it's a disease. I mean, they, so they can it like be a, off of it and, and then they, they can fall they off can, the wagon, so to speak. Sure. And then, but sure. they can get help and they just have to reevaluate and retrain the brain yep. to try and avoid those and make better lifestyle decisions. Ooh. So whether it's going into an exercise program where you know, you've got to find something to fill that void, yep. because what happens is when you get into that, you burn out all the receptors that you that, that help you to feel normal. Yes. And so you have to retrain your brain. You have to come up with activities that are going to help you yep. to get back yep. to that normal. Yep. What, what is your new normal? Well, wow. We really went through full cycle through the uh, whole idea of how does it work to get through that total knee with that, that painful uh, rehab medically to into the, the illegal drug portion, which it could lead to. And boy, and then you got to get out of it. So it's heavy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's help out there. If you are in that crisis mode, if you are taking it for a medical reason, uh, total knee replacement, shoulder problem, whatever it may be, you can do it safely. Be, Absolutely. A, be attentive to your yeah. doctors. Work uh, with your doctor. Right, yeah, if there's right. questions, ask your pharmacist. We're going we're gonna to funnel you to the right, right people to try and help right. you to do whatever we can to right. keep you healthy and safe. Again, for most of us, it's not a big deal, but there's a small portion, it's a huge deal, yeah. and it can kill you. And again, the younger you start, the worse it is. So pay yep. attention to what your kids are, are doing if there's a question. Yeah. Uh, don't be know, shy. Don't, ask questions. Right. Right. right there. If you're a parent, you just, you can't be a buddy. You got to be a parent. And sometimes it's not nice. And those, those conversations are very unpleasant, right. but at the end of the day, it's, it's about the people you love and you want to kind of help right. them as much as you can. Very good. And there's always help. Outstanding job, Chris. It was uh boy, I'm learning here. We talked about this before and I'm, I feel like I've learned something. I feel uplifted. So very good. I hope you feel the same way and uh, good luck. And uh, I don't know what else to say, Chris, but goodbye. All right. See you guys. <laughs>